Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Calling out everybody across the nation. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. Today we recap recent concerts, record store day, and tipping etiquette on an $8 beer. So strap in as we do a lot of dumb. I used to mingle with the scum. I'm working hard on my bubble gum. I used to do a lot of dumb. I never got my homework done. I need some motivation, just some inspiration to keep on learning more. A little fun detention, just some intervention is what I'm yearning for. And a crying to my teacher She said I'll see what I can do She said that after school I'll meet you And you'll learn a thing or two She said the main ingredient is your real beat You made it hurt real good a while She took me by the glance to the promised land Where I passed my testing style Vinyl. I'm getting ready for my 
final. Welcome to Cobras and Fire, the comedy rock talk show where we make fun of what we love. I'm joined, as always, with the 33 and one-third Baco. How are you, sir? I am spinning, as I often am this time of night, Luce. How are you? I'm excellent. And, yeah, just trying out something a little little different with the intro. Um over the last week or so at my job that actually pays me, we're doing this whole rebranding elevator pitch for our, our product. And I feel that kind of summarizes what we do. Comedy rock talk show. What do you think? I like it a lot. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Little... I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely no lack of ego in the room. Oh, right? Yeah. Right. There, there's a couple reasons for it. But we want for our for our fans, you know, if you're you're listening to the show, we always, always want you to share our show on um on Facebook and things like that. But when somebody asks you, Hey man, you got to check out the show. It's Cobras and fire. You know, I don't know about you, but you're kind of like, how do I describe this show in four words, four words? Oh, that's got a lot of rock. These guys make a lot of jokes. They talk about new stuff, old stuff. No, it's a comedy rock talk show done. But uh, there's, there's another reason too. I don't know if you want to add anything to it, but there's another reason I'm doing this as well. Noah, from beginning to end, I think you've summarized us all up. So you, what else do you have? You know, they say imitation is the, the greatest form of flattery, right? I, I got a sense I'm going to get a, a lot of these uh, loose cannon uh, uh, fake names coming. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about little, little things like we do our Easter eggs. There's there's certain podcasts like to me that has done that and, 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 and yeah, things like that. That's a real show. That uh, is a real show. Uh, and, you know, people, we do a lot of things where we just we just play a song versus doing the whole uh, DJ Yeah. You know, intro, yes? Yeah, we talk about almost anything we feel like. We uh... <laughs> And then here's a song. Yeah. Uh, and, and let you know, too, people, we are going to start in the notes going forward. I'm going to have links to either Spotify playlists or the tracks in full in order. So when you're listening to it, you don't have to jot things down. If you hear a song you like, you go back to the notes. There it is. We want you to buy this music. Isn't that correct, Bucko? Absolutely. Drink. But yeah, so that's one one of the reasons. The other reason is is just like with uh, you know, you always get these these knockoffs out there. Do, are you aware that there are several podcasts that kind of sound like ours now? I only listen to ours, so no. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. <laughs> you listen to no other podcast but yourself over and over again, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think we got uh, so many plays? <laughs> <laughs> but we've got you know, there's a couple shows out there on iTunes, and we we now have you know the description in our title. But are you aware that there is another podcast out there that's uh, out of Canada called Snakes and Flames? <laughs> uh, Ontario, I assume. But no, <laughs> I'm not. Okay. And there's also one. It's an alt right podcast called Pythons and Tiki Torches. <laughs> <laughs> alt right. Uh, it's good to be uh, inspiring the alt right movement. So, <laughs> and there's there's also one that's very specific called uh, Two Assholes, one from Denver and one from from St. Paul, who who talk in their basement for several hours. <laughs> I have heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, good. It's, it's the only one I subscribe to. So, how's that beer you're drinking, Loose Cannon? It's pretty good. I am. Uh, we unfortunately could not find. Some, uh, first off, we appreciate everybody that's donated. But we could not get out. Um, one well, of the I've been that... buried under snow here for a couple weeks, but uh, uh, I, I still had no problem uh, tracking down the Coors Light that Ivan Galasic bought me. No, no, I know no, uh, it's everywhere. So. Yeah, it's in your it's in your fridge, and uh, yeah. but also <laughs> it's either Ivan Galasic or Galasic. What do you think it is? I think it's Galasic. 
I'm going with Gal Isik. Okay. Any of those um, out there? Ivan. We know how to pronounce that at least. Yeah, Thank but you Ivan, very much. We'll be getting to your beer just uh, oh, in an episode or two here. Uh, just want to yes. at least give an update because we don't have any, any of our beers ready tonight. What are you drinking right now? I'm drinking a full sale IPA, and it's oh, an ridiculous. IPA fresh. Mm-hmm. Yes, ridiculously tasty Citra and Centennial hops. It's out of Oregon or Oregon, uh, however you want to pronounce it, and it is excellent. What about yourself? Um, I am trying this thing called Lucky Buddha. It's actually a pretty smooth, crisp, refreshing uh, pilsner of some sort. I'm not really sure where it's out of. I guess Japan, but who knows, man? It was on the <laughs> shelf at uh, uh, Total Wine, and it looks like a little Buddha. So. Sure, and, and so so basically, what we're saying is, whoever's donated, we've been using your money for other beers. Absolutely, drink.
Happy Record Store Day, Loose. Were you out stacking up piles of vinyl to bring home and, I don't know, either open or not open? No, I don't have anything that's 33 and one-third or 45 or is 78 the other one? Yeah, yeah, that was back in the, that was the olden times. Yeah, so I, I do want to know more about Record Day because I've seen increasing amount of posts about it over the last couple of years. When did it start? What's it all about? Break it down for me. I'm not exactly sure when it started, but I think it's been around for at least 10 years. And what it was done, it was kind of a way to help out independent uh, record stores who were starting to struggle at the, you know, the turn of the 2000s-ish uh, by offering you know them product that you could only get in their stores. So, uh, like, you know, bands of, of all types. I mean, Living Dead, whatever. I mean, there are, like, special releases that are only available... On record store day in uh, independent music uh, doors, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I th- I think they still sell them after today, but uh, I'm just saying they're released on this day, and you know, basically record collectors, you know, line up. I mean, I went to three stores today, and it was a mob scene at all of them. I only made it through the record store exclusives at one of them. Uh, and but it's a lot of fun. Uh, the places around here they have bands play. Uh, and you know, they, they have all sorts of other incentives to get you in the store, which is, you know, kind of what gets me going. Uh, it's really difficult in my opinion to like, you know, key in, like they list what the the releases are going to be. You'll know in advance, right? The problem is you never know what stores are going to get them or how many copies they are going to have. And there are people that like just hunt this out. It would drive me crazy if I was intent on getting a specific release. So I kind of check out and just kind of go into the the stores and see what they got. And if I find something I like, I pick it up. I walked away with three records this year. Nice. Okay. That's cool. And are they all, have you noticed the prices go up every year? Kind of. Um, Well, they're never cheap. You know what I mean? But that, and actually this year, the record that I bought a kiss double album of uh, live at the Ritz. It was not a record store day release. It was like a radio broadcast. It's Mm -hmm. just basically a bootleg, but it was sealed and, you know, new and it was a really nice package. Double, uh, album gatefold uh, looks you know really slick. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but that dropped I dropped forty bucks on that, and that that's that's a bit high. But I, I at some point I'll go over the set list on you with, with uh, Kiss. You know that was during in nineteen eighty eight. So really cool record. Hopefully it sounds good. But then uh, yeah, it was you're you're talking anywhere from fifteen to fifty dollars typically, depending sure. on what it is. I thought for us, Luce, next year uh, for Record Store Day, we could offer a Cobras and Fire. We could we release that week's app only on vinyl. <laughs> People have to buy it. It'll be like a double gate folder, a triple gate folder, or something. What do you think? We definitely have to work on the packaging from here here in, the, in, in, in that time. It'll be something you have to buy, though. It'll be so it, incredible, yeah. the artwork. It'll be a 78, too. Oh, of course it's going to be. You're not going to be able to not play it. work on most turntables. <laughs> well, it probably wasn't. I don't think it was an official record, special record day release, but you did pick up the Karabi, what was it called, One Night Only, where he does the whole Motley 94 album? Yeah, something like that. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it's one night in Nashville or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we impressed with this pretty, pretty good set. Very much. Uh, if anything, I thought the vocals weren't recorded great because it's he sounds great. They just don't kind of pop. Uh, but I agree. That, small complaint, honestly. It was I probably shouldn't even mention it. That's a yeah. great. It's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> anything in the particular? Because I have one that I'd like to play, and I'll tell you why too. Well, then why don't you, t- instead of asking me that, tell me what you want to play and why. 
Is it that you want to play because I'm gonna want? I have a song already picked out and I have a big story to go with it. Uh, it's an easy pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do Hooligans Holiday because I think it's a song that's nice. aged well. It's the it's it's the opposite of Sonic Boom Grapes that doesn't ferment in reverse. <laughs> Yeah, yes. very much. Yeah, it's, this is not Motley Crue's prune juice. <laughs> no, go listen to the last episode if you want to know what we're talking about. But point being is there's something that, because this is obviously not Crue, it's just Krabi and his his band that is incredible. Is it his son on drums? I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think I have that right. Okay, well, I mean, he definitely does Tommy Lee justice. And one of the things I've always loved about about Hooligans Holiday is the the drum beat. It's very I guess there's there's like fills that you think are going to come in that that don't come in. I don't know how to describe it because I'm not a musician, but it's just it's one of the things that that makes the song for me. Any comments about it in general? Uh, Tommy Lee is one of the probably worst human beings on the planet and one of the dumbest people Agreed. walking around. But he is in my top two of rock drummers. Uh, and yeah, this is. This track might be one of those that you can just, like, this guy fucking has, like, this almost zen savant quality when it comes to uh, being a rock drummer specifically. I, I don't know how good he'd do in marching band. I didn't watch his reality show. But, uh, <laughs> uh, this, uh, this song is great, and you're right. This drum track, uh, it, you know, some... Sometimes the drum, you know, is kind of there just to keep the song going, and sometimes it actually changes the way the song would sound. And this is very much the latter.
Well, thank you, Nashville. How you doing tonight? Concerts, Luz. Yes, a place where you can see live music. Uh, you have anything to talk about in regards to that? Because I do. I, I definitely do. Well, I'm going to tell you um, one that you helped me. You pretty much like forced me to go in a good way, and that is the Glorious Sons. Can I kind of break down what happened the night that I was going to go see them? It, it was it, Absolutely. It, Drink. <laughs> well, um, it was a Thursday night, and I was very tired. It was like 7 o'clock, and these bands they don't go on until like 11 o'clock a lot of times here. And when you're old like us, it's hard to make that, that pilgrimage when you got to work at 6.30 in the morning the next day. But I told you, and you had seen Glorious Sons like a week or two ago. I said, I'm not going to go to the Glorious Sons. I'm too tired. I'm done. I'm just letting you know. And what did you say back? You're making a mistake. <laughs> That's all you said. Mm-hmm. You're making a mistake, which sounds like something out of an action movie or whatever. Yeah, typically I wouldn't ever talk you out of skipping a weeknight concert in a small club uh, just because we see these bands a lot, but we don't see this band a lot. Yeah, because not Canada, they're small, all that stuff like that. So the fact that they were even coming by was was a rarity. So in short, I don't remember what I texted. Did I text you then or just fucking tell you that I was there? Oh, let me just Whatever. pull that back up. Um, it the, was, the uh, point you is, said, oh, you said screw it. And then I got a text at 1140 that had uh, the show times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. They had, a, they, yeah, they had the show times there. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, it was like two hours. I was sitting in bed almost asleep, and I, I just turned to the wife, and I go, I'm going. <laughs> it's like 1030 at night. I'm like, I'm like I got to go. These guys aren't going to come back. They just took off. Jesus, and, take uh, the wheel. Yeah, is right. Uh, but, yeah, man, so why did you tell me to go so much? Tell me. What was your experience? Well, I had to go time. see them. Um, I was already prepared to, to pack it in. Uh, and be deal with a, a long day at work the next day. But I timing wise, it was a much better uh, layout from for the Minnesota show than it ended up being for you. But okay. I got Where'd to see they play? them. They played at the Seventh Street Entry, which is the small room off of First Avenue, which Prince made famous in the movie Purple Rain. But it's the, yep. it's a very historic and famous club. It is the premier Minneapolis rock venue. I mean, they do more than rock, but uh, everybody's played in in this small room. I mean, Nirvana, The Replacements, Prince, uh, Jesus Chrysler <laughs> in this room. I haven't seen a show here, though. In oh probably ten to fifteen years, it was definitely long enough that my wife has never been here. And this room is very hard to describe. The stage is shoved in a corner. You could probably fit a hundred people in here. There is one bathroom, and it is one of the most gloriously disgusting rock and roll bathrooms in on the planet. Uh, and the sound system isn't that great, but it just has a really cool vibe to it and getting to see them there made it almost like there's no fucking way I can't go you know um and they annihilated it uh, they are such a talented band uh as we're both huge fans of both of the records they released and they just only made one flaw, and that was not playing a song that both of us fucking love. It might be the greatest song out there, Heavy. Come heavy or don't come at all You leave your peace at home, that's your call It never paid to be merciful Come heavy or don't come at all Come heavy or don't come at all Been here before, 
My lord, what a fucking show. Hour and a half. Killed it. Uh, only one opener. I was fucking in my car by 1045. Didn't feel bad at work the next day at all. And I had like one of those magical rock and roll moments uh, that just don't come along like that. You can't get that at an arena show. Even the big club rooms, it's a little difficult. This is a fucking tiny little shithole, and it's just amazing. Yeah, we don't want to seem like a bunch of fanboys. It's just the fact that uh, there's certain times you see a band on or stage. Or old men who can't stay up late. <laughs> well, we definitely are those. Yeah, yeah. But the but point being is that this band, I mean, they look like a rock band, but at the same time, they don't. Nobody looks like they fit together, but at the same time, they do. It's just like, every, you know, the, the two brothers look nothing alike. One guy looks like he should be a movie star. The other guy looks like he should be in, like, widespread panic. Yeah, he's a little pudgy, and he kind of has that stoner vibe to him. Yeah, and, uh, and these guys were— The other guitar def- player has that kind of Izzy Stradlin look. Uh, they just gelled. They hit the stage. You could just feel a, feel a vibe and uh, absolutely kill it, like exceeded all expectations of—you of, could go to see a band. Uh, I don't even know what to tell you. There's no reason these guys shouldn't be bigger, is my point. And they, they um, you know, this place was like maybe f- held 300 people. It was one of those places that— that you don't even you can just go to the bar and not even see the band that kind of thing, or you can pay an extra ten bucks and see the band. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. But but here's here's my thing. You know, th- it, maybe you can break down the 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 math here because I know you're it's okay, you're good get up Minnesota. Get up my sharpie. Yeah, just, I'm ready. <laughs> but okay, so there's maybe I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna say there's maybe 150 people at this place that night. Okay. Yeah. Ten bucks a ticket. Yeah. It was cash only at the door. So that's that's one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you must be their manager. Sorry, guys. You only one hundred and fifty dollars again tonight. Oh darn it! Oh boy, I guess we're gonna have to tighten our toques a little harder, guys. <laughs> no, yeah. So fifteen hundred. But I did the same kind of thing. It was it was uh, twelve in advance, fifteen at the door at ours, and there was maybe a hundred people there. So. Yeah. So, okay. So they're in a van. They have. They had. It wasn't just them. They had people helping them too, like one or two people. Yeah. They're at least. Either. They're at least traveling with nine total people that I could tell. Okay. So how is that feasible? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe the record company is helping them out a little bit. Uh, they do get a little bit of merch sales, but uh, you know, as, as as you're on tour, it's really hard to keep a merch supply going if if it sells decent. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah. These these bands go out and they're put on a budget and they don't do anything other than what the budget says to do. In other words, all the money basically sits in a pile and at the end is when you get something more than what you're given. They probably have a twenty dollar per diem per person. That might even be high. You know what I mean? So you don't make money, you don't eat well. 
Uh, you just go out and deliver, you know, great music, and hopefully that translates into some longer-term payoff. So yeah, man. Um, and this goes into something that just happened last night too, as far as, as far as the too many bands. Um, the main reason that I almost did not see the Glorious Sons, which I, I think is something we need to talk about in general, that seems to be yeah, a, a, it's definitely ongoing... been a, a pecking point for you and I for ever since we've been talking. Really, a lot of times. These this type of music, these rock bands caters not as much to the younger, but to at least the thirty year old and older crowd. Okay, for glorious yeah. sunset, yeah, unfortunately, so those people do have jobs. They are older. They are do have families, things like that. So, just, just like myself, the only reason I end up going to that glorious sun's concert, for example, was because you fucking told me you must go. Got it? Yeah. That, I, otherwise, I'm a, I'm a positive okay. influence on your life. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, very rarely. <laughs> so, so the so that was 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 the only reason I went. So, with that said, you almost missed it because it was like fuck, man. It's Tuesday, but, but and I'll you got go into three opening bands. Yes, but I'll go into even more of extreme. Last last night, I was going to go see Texas Hippie Coalition, and I went and I called uh, and actually called the venue. They had how many opening bands do you think Texas Hippie Coalition had? And the the doors opened at seven. They had three when I saw them. Is that right? Five fucking opening <laughs> bands. I've been to experiences like that too. Okay, so that that I asked, they go like, they're not going to get on stage until at least eleven thirty or midnight. I'm yeah. like, I understand it's a Friday, but that's fucking ridiculous. So I'm like, I I I didn't go. There's a perfect example of a band that I want and I like, and I did opted not to go.
I don't know how to describe it, but it's like I don't want to see a festival in a shrunken five-hour window on a on a, yeah. in a club. Right. You know, I want to go see a rock show. I, I get that idea that, that you're going to keep them around longer to drink, but <laughs> I, that but it kind of backfires. Is what I mean. I think it does. It makes for bad shows. It makes for you know lighter turnout. Just in general, it's like um, uh, it's like the industry is working against bands being successful. Yeah, clubs point. definitely are. Uh, right. I have railed on that for years. I wrote an article for it on uh, Dustin Geek a couple years back. Uh, oh, yeah, I, about I how I'll have to dig it up, but it basically it says that. Uh, but in my personal experience, this is how a club books local music. So this is how you foster a scene. You know, everybody loved the L.A. scene and, and the Seattle scene, right? This is what it turned into. And, and this is pretty much, from what I understand, almost anywhere. Uh, and this is how you don't foster a scene. A sound guy is put in charge of booking bands uh, because the bar or restaurant or club doesn't want to do it. He hires one band and says, get four other bands to play that night. And otherwise, there's no fucking quality control. You can have a hodgepodge of shitty bands around one band that this guy thought was decent. Yeah, you know, and and there's no real effort to do anything. I think you need to make it special when it's a local. And as far as these national acts, yeah, fuck you with these three openers, one or two tops. You want to just call it, throw in the towel? That's yeah, it for this fuck episode. this. I'm actually just let. I, now I don't even love music anymore. <laughs> Thanks, promoters. Uh, Appreciate it. I, but I, uh, I will tell you this though, I love the the Glorious Sons, two bands. I, I loved Bad Flower and Goodbye June, only them two. I showed up, I fucking saw what I wanted to see, and I got the fuck out of there. That's how I want a goddamn rock show to go. You know, when you go to an arena show, there isn't a surprise triplet of bands there, you know? You know what I'll go into? I'll, I'll go into one more, and that is that, that uh, you know who does start their shit on time? And that is old legacy acts that are on an actual real tour like Priest. Can we talk about that? Yeah, we both went to that one, too. Yep. So I don't know about you, but I had no idea that the start time for the night was going to start at 7 p.m. sharp. Did you? I did. Okay. Well, I only found that out because I heard an interview with uh, Ricky Warwick of Blackstar Writers on uh, Talking Metal like a day before. And they kept saying, be there at 7 uh, 7 p.m. sharp. Otherwise, you'll you'll miss the band because that's that's a little bit of an early start time. It is a triple bill. Yeah. But um, they did not fuck around with that start time, did they? Not at all. You got to remember, though, Priest is old. They need to get to bed earlier than we do. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like that's what I love about these older bands. It was, it was like seven o'clock. Black Star Writers, eight fifteen. I think Saxon and then nine fifteen for for Priest. Is right around that. that Something like time. that, yeah. Very similar. But it, it was not one minute later, was my point. On <laughs> no. You know, the, most of those AEG festivals we love, uh, they all f- fucking hammer off within a two-minute window of everything they say that's going to go on. You're right. You're right. But but it was, I was loving it because I was like, uh, yeah, it was uh, it's a uh, Black Star. They started right on time. And I, they're kind of an interesting band because you've got, you know, they're, they're based, do you know more about the background than I do? I know that they were kind of Thin Lizzy, and then they morphed into doing their own original. Yeah, they were Black doing the Thin Lizzy thing for a, a decent a chunk of time. Yeah, at least okay. a few years. But it was done more as kind of in tribute, to be fair. Sure. Uh, that's my understanding, anyway. Uh, uh, you know, Meister can chime in and correct me on some of this stuff. But 
Uh, yeah, it, and I think what happened was they started to almost feel fraudulent because they wanted to do some new music, and they, they liked the band they had. A couple members changed somewhere along the way, but they felt it would be uh, it, refreshingly so, uh, you know, inauthentic to, to release new music as Thin Lizzy, so they changed the name. Yeah, and their first album did sound a lot like Thin Lizzy, and it still does. I mean, obviously, they played Jailbreak and things like that. But, um, man, I, I don't know if but you saw this observation during yours, but did anybody stand up during their set when you saw them? Uh, there was no seats at the venue I went to, oh, so well, yes. Okay, well, first off, nobody, uh, even even the when you're pushing 50 as, as, as an average age, um, everybody sat down. Not even when they played Jailbreak did anybody get up until the last song when basically Ricky Warwick forced everybody to get up. And that was the track, uh, uh, Dancing with the Wrong Girl.
So next up, right on time, was Saxon. <laughs> and next up after them was Judas Priest. <laughs> you don't want to talk about Saxon? <laughs> <laughs> you can say something about him. I can just tell you that, that I, oh. uh, I can tell why they did not reach any level of... Perfectly uh, rated. Uh, yeah, perf- perf- definitely perfectly rated. There's nothing to their music. No hooks. No, I mean, they were they ran around. They pointed at everything. Uh, they did all the power metal moves. But um, I don't know. You, please, elaborate. Well, a couple of things that I took away after I did some post-show research, because I'm not a huge Saxon expert. Uh, like, half their set list was title tracks. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was weird. Uh, so they really like title Thunderbolt! tracks. Uh, they have to be the most English band of all time. I mean, oh, no, you couldn't call yourself Saxon if you're not from England. And then, Saxon, like, anyway. I, I don't know if you, I think three of the five guys are named Nigel. No, you're accurate about it. That I have the Wikipedia page up. Okay. Can I just read off all the band members? Yeah, hit me. Yeah, you got Felix Honeybun, Nigel Pickles, Benedict Cumberpatch, Nigel Birtwistle, <laughs> and Nigel Ramsbottom. <laughs> See, three Nigels. Uh, how many of them again, are on the cast I'm, of the young I'm, ones? Well, I mean, can you have – I'm just impressed that Benedict Cumberbatch is in this band as well. My favorite part of Saxon was watching 94-year-old lead singer Biff Byford, or however you pronounce his name, <laughs> headbang four feet from me. I'm like, this geriatric uh, – what's, what's that word for old people? An eight-button coat-wearing old fuck. This geriatric octogenarian swinging his gray hair. <laughs> oh, it, it's something I'll, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. I'm not a huge Saxon fan, but I am not a hater. I thought they were a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was not inspired to go out and buy any more of their music than I already currently own. Right. My favorite well, Saxon yeah. song is their cover of Ride Like the Wind. By that's a Christopher Cross song, I think. Anyway, yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing. I saw them. I like, yeah, they're technically proficient. They they put on a good show. It's just that nothing stuck. There's no hooks. There's nothing they grab. No, I mean that's kind of their deal. I mean, it, it, I've I've talked to people who are huge fans. The Meister being one of them. Uh-huh. I just I, I I don't get it. At any point did uh, Biff ask somebody in the audience to give him his coat that he could wear during denim and leather? <laughs> Uh, well, I, after they had, the, they had sound issues too, just like Black Star. So I actually went to the, the bar during them after like four song. Oh, I did but, drink uh, the most beer during uh, Saxon. Hey, let me ask you a quick question. <laughs> yeah, go uh, ahead. Don't you think if you're charging $8 for a 16 ounce can of Miller Lite, the tip is included? Always. That is called a guilt tip where you should not feel uh, guilty for not giving it to Not at that price. No, at that price, who's the person being cheap? The person selling it. If they're giving this, not giving this guy one dollar out of every eight dollar beer, they're the cheap fucker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we should not be responsible. And, I don't and, care you know, how tight you harness that shirt around your tits, lady. You do not get <laughs> one extra dollar. I'm already paying eight bucks for a sixty cent can of beer. Yeah, you're paying you're paying a six pack price. For, I'm for clearly one not cheap. <laughs> yeah, like I pay. I just pay eight dollars for this beer. I, I'm. <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense because if you are, and somebody's like, well, that's shitty. You know, this guy he's counting on your tip. 
he's not really. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. The, the place should be paying a, a good amount because if everybody – it's like the same thing as a doorman at, at when you go to a hotel. If you're giving somebody five bucks every time somebody opens a door for you or something like this, that guy <laughs> is worth – that should be a job that you <laughs> you have. Because that guy should is, be like at every high school on uh, career day. You know, like, like yeah, this is like, the fucking job you want. I literally get five bucks handed to me for opening a door. Every I don't time. have any skills. I have no skills. Same with the guy that, that, that's doing this. Let's say each beer takes you a minute, and it, all you're doing is twisting a cap. That's a dollar per beer, Yeah, 60 minutes. This line never ended is my point. Yeah, okay? I, I know exactly so that, what you're saying. So, so in theory, that guy is getting $60 in tips per hour, plus this, plus, plus, plus. Anyway, it's just something tells me the guy who picks the price of eight dollars is taking half of that sixty dollars too. Yeah, finding a way yep. to do it. Just fuck. That's those are the cheap fuckers. Okay, so yeah, we encourage people to uh, if you're gonna have an eight dollar can of Miller Lite, do not tip. And for all for that guy that was working the trough that just uh, unsubscribed, I'm very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's our entire audience is beer trough chicks and dudes. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> our podcast is coming like crashes as a bird after this comment? We, we didn't know feedback. we had. You don't know how hard it is on your wrist at the end of three hours of cracking beers. <laughs> like we didn't know, we didn't know our target audience was <laughs> only these people. <laughs> it's our target audience is beer tub worker. Anyway, this band called Judas Priest closed out the night. Metal community. Oh, nice. And this is my first time seeing them. You've seen them how many times? This would have been my third. Okay. So how would you rate this for you, the show? Oh, boy. Uh, the set list was definitely the best I've seen, but... Every other time I've seen him, it had both KK and Glenn uh, in the band. And right. Which, of course, this had neither. It had Andy Sneap and, of course, the uh, um, uh, Richie Faulkner, who adds a lot of life to everything Priest does nowadays. But uh, <laughs> the perf- they were spot on. Uh, you know, and Halford was great. Uh I, it's difficult because I, I loved it. It was fucking awesome, but it is tainted a little bit because of that. I can accept it. I mean, these guys get old. You know what I mean? It's it's just. They, they, but they, they it might might almost been better than seeing those two guys because if you have kind of those older guys, they might have slowed things down a little bit. Who knows? Uh, I would have preferred to see you know at least Glenn and KK in it. Uh, Glenn at least you know I know KK has been out a decent chunk of time. I think it's 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 okay to give Richie his due, but uh, whatever. I love the fucking show. I, I would encourage people to see it if you're a fan. If you're trying to hold off because Glenn hasn't you know been able to make most of the dates, or even when he does, it's just for a song or two. Uh, it was still amazing. I think. I don't know. I have no complaints. They were so efficient. I, I uh, and the fact that they played um, the Ripper, like the Ripper. They played Green Green Manalishi, which uh, the the really obscure assholes out there want to make sure everybody knows that's a Fleetwood Mac cover. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac's not playing that anytime soon, people. No, that was during some like that was like like the Fleetwood Mac before Fleetwood the Peter Mac, Green but. era. Yeah. It's like, right. I mean, yeah. There's songs that I would have replaced ones with the other, but that would really be nitpicky. They hit eleven of their nineteen albums. You know, my right. God. 
Fuck yeah. And, and, they always play and, and, too much British Steel, uh, but it's still hard to complain, man. I mean, the fucking Grinder. Right. It's just, Jesus. Like, like it's, but you, you don't like Grinder for whatever reason. I love that song. No, no, that. I love Grinder. That's I, uh, I'm saying, what am I going to take out? You know, I mean, I, I would take out breaking the law and living after midnight. You know, they have to leave those in. So, right. I, I get it is all I'm saying. The fact that they went through 19. I'm looking at the set list right now. 19 tracks. They did in like an hour and 40 minutes. And yeah. then, then Halford got to sleep before 11. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, exactly. It was great. <laughs> I mean, they did not fuck around. Now, that guy has. He was no in his hotel room flipping through his a thesaurus by 1110. <laughs> And it goes to my point about that album, though, that f- for Firepower, everybody talks about what a great album it is. It has some good songs. I say it's 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 front-loaded. To my point, the songs they played were tracks one, two, and three off that album. <laughs> um, hey, you know, you as casual wear, do you think it's weird that Rob Halford seems to really enjoy uh, black sweatpants cut off? Right? <laughs> like cut off sweatpants shorts? You're talking about like in that's, some his, off, that's, uh, that's like when he's like on a day off. That's what you'll see him wearing, walking around with black <laughs> boots. And his... all I know is the first off, he he Halford was definitely put all of his effort into his performance. He did not look happy throughout the entire show. He looked at like no, he looked like he was like like had a like constipated look on his face while he sang. So, do you know when he was happy though? I'll tell you when it was happy. That is when they brought, when he rode his motorcycle out and for, for hell bent for leather, he sat his ass down for that yeah. entire song. Yeah, he didn't is. look at the audience. He looked sideways and he this just feels sang good. A, this feels good. Nice leather seat. Get to sit down for a song. <laughs> Cause after that, then he got, he got up and he was pretty pretty happy. Uh, you know what my me. highlight of, of all the show though was uh, one of the please. things I love. No drum solo, no fucking guitar solo. They played nineteen or eighteen, nineteen songs, and they didn't fucking like uh, do the old man break. You know, like because uh, Black Sabbath did that, and it's like, all right, our original drummer isn't here for the re- farewell tour, so here's somebody else. We're gonna go off stage for ten minutes. I love it. I, I loved it. Just yeah. no drum Every solo, time, no guitar solos. Right. Like any time that they were playing, like um, uh, you, you would hear a, a drum, um, like like a drum beat start up, and I was like, oh Jesus, please no. Or like Faulkner <laughs> would play, Faulkner would play like an intro, but it was just like a long intro to another thing coming. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Up. But I was like, oh fuck, are they going to go do a guitar solo now? I'm like, thank God, you're exactly right. They blazed the set, professional. Sounded great. The set. I, I also thought the stage was really cool. Uh, they, you know, there's no pyro. It was awesome. Yeah, for people that uh, haven't gone, it was basically the entire back of the stage was uh, a giant LCD, and they had all sorts of things that were related to the song. They would typically start with the album art for the song they were about to play, and you know, yes, that's uh, that I did like too, is because they were showing here we're playing our whole catalog. Here's the album. So art. half the night it was showing uh, British Steel. <laughs> <laughs> nope. According to this, they've only played four songs. No, I know they only played four tracks. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have uh, loved a couple more off the Defenders and 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 honestly some some more off Turbo. But again, I it just nitpicking. It was so awesome. Right. And uh, it did make me go back and check out Defenders of the Faith, which is one I never owned, but now I have a whole new appreciation for that album. Is that one of your top five from them? 
Oh, easily. Yeah, my top three is probably those three, Screaming, Defenders, and Turbo. Uh, Turbo yeah. gets a lot of hate because it kind of went poppy, but I've listened to that record like five times since that show. I, I kind of forgot about it, and then they're playing Turbo Lover, and I'm going, I got to go home and listen to Turbo! All right, Paco. So I'd like to close out this show with one of the tracks on the second half of the front-loaded Ooh, Firepower right. Judas Priest album called No Surrender. But um, overall, I've heard so many, like, this is the most amazing album ever. Andy Sneap is a producer. Sonically, it's incredible. But overall, can you summarize the album for me? Sure. Um, eh, it's not that bad. Rock's not dead. It's on time without five opening bands and not starting after fucking midnight. And you found it. Atta girl. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.